0: Well, happy Easter. happy Easter. Yeah, I'm excited to be up here. Can we just sing those songs for another 20 minutes? That was great. Like, I, That's just what I want to do. Would, would, I, I was hoping it would save my voice, but it won't because I'll just be singing louder. Listen, if you don't know me, my name is Chris Emmons. I'm the Ross Campus Pastor. We are excited to see you all here today on Easter. And this, if this is the first time that you're here with us, the first time that you've been to White Oak, I just want to say a special welcome to you. Thank you for saying yes to being with us here on this special day. And I realize that maybe some of you wonder, what is so special about this day? Why is Easter so special? It's because we get to celebrate the fact that Jesus rose from the grave. That is what we celebrate that death could not hold him, and we're celebrating the fact that that because of his death, because of his resurrection, it means that when we believe in Him, we no longer have to fear death. We no longer have to be worried about where we will spend eternity. We get that same promise. And that is special. That is powerful. That is a reason to celebrate with family and with friends. I'm also glad you're here with us because today we kick off a new series we're calling Say Yes. And not just any yes, we're going to be talking about how God calls each of us to say yes to the things that matter most to him. There are big questions in life that require us to step out, to move forward, to say yes. And the truth is, when we say yes to one thing, we're saying no to something else. Now, if you saw, if you were in the lobby this morning before you came into the service, you may have seen we've got a a couple of wood walls out there with some ribbon hanging on them with a say yes banner above them. And those are going to be there throughout the entire series. And what we're asking you to do is to consider what is God calling you to say yes to? What are those things that he's asking you and your family to say yes to? And then what we would love for you to do is next to that, on the barrel next to it, there's some cards that say, I'm saying yes to, and they leave some space. We would love for you to go fill that out, to write on there, what is God, what are you saying yes to? And then you can, there's some clothespins, you can attach those to the ribbon on the walls, because we want to encourage other people to see what we're saying yes to. But we also, our staff, our elders, we want to be praying over that for you. We're going to be praying about how God's moving in your life. There's some big questions in life that we've got to say yes or no to, right? High schoolers, maybe some of y'all are experiencing, will you go to prom with me? That's a big one, right? you got to say yes or no to that. Those have gotten really elaborate since my day when you ask. Like back then, it was just like a nervous sweat. You were asking someone to go with them. Now it's like this amazing event. Um, you go, also high schoolers, you seniors, like, will I go to college? Is this the school I'm going to go to? Right? We get out of that. We think, oh, what am I going to do for a career? Is this what I want to do for the rest of my life kind of thing? Right? We say, do I buy this house? Do I buy this car? Oh, here's a big one. Will you marry me? Ooh. I've been married for 11 and a half amazing years to my wife, Pam, I can remember when I decided I was, gonna, I was ready to ask her to marry me, I was pretty nervous. I was. I had the ring. I came with this elaborate way to ask her. It was cute. I'm not going to tell you that whole story right now. We don't have time because I go into way too much detail. Um, I'll tell you another time, though. And truthfully, I felt pretty confident she was going to say yes. I mean, look at me. I'm a catch. <laughs> she didn't have much of a choice. Um... Now, here's the reality. We talked about it a little bit before I made that call. Y'all, I'm not that guy that's going in cold. Like, well, I don't know what she's going to say. We haven't talked about it. I, I like, had planted that seed months in advance. Like, what would you think if I said, will you marry me? Will you say yes to that? Um, I'm I'm smarter than that. I don't look it, but I am. Um, But here's the truth. When Pam was saying yes to me, you know what that meant? She was saying no to every other man out there. Those guys didn't stand a chance, no (laughs) chance. But there was also another yes that happened before that. The yes that I had to say, the yes to, I want to spend my life with her. The yes to, this is the person God has put into my life, my forever. And see, Jesus calls us to do the same with him. That's often why Jesus compares the church, the believers, to a marriage because it's a yes that you say to him, a lifetime commitment. See, when we say yes to him, we're saying no to some or all of our desires that we have. We're saying, when we say yes to loving the people that God loves, we're saying no to letting our preferences and our choices about people get in the way. We, when we say yes to following God's path for our lives, we sometimes have to say no to being liked by all the people in the world. When we say yes to what God wants to do in our families, in our communities, and in the world, sometimes we're saying no to living out the life and the dreams that culture, that our world will tell us are important. That's what this series is all about. It's about saying yes to those things. And today we want to kick that off by helping you understand what Jesus promises for us if we say yes. And the big idea today is this, saying yes to Jesus leads to full life. See, we want all of you to know who are sitting here today, those of you who might be watching online or later in the week, we want you to know that full life is only found in Jesus. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says this. He says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. And so as a result, we want people to know that full life that Jesus offers. And we want that so much that White Oak has made that our mission. Our mission is connecting people to full life in Jesus. That's what we do. Now, I'm sure many of you have a definition of what full life looks like. Let's be honest. Full life can mean a lot of different things to different people. For some, one person... A full full life could be a well-paying job, a a great marriage, good kids, like a nice house that you live in, and and you've got lots of friends and status in the community, right? That is a full life. To another person, full life could mean traveling the world, seeing all kinds of different cultures and experiencing art and and different cuisines and, and going around and doing those things. That's full life. For other people, it could be about You fulfilling the version of you that you find the most important. You living out the identity that you've given to yourself. That could be a full life. We believe that full life means something as well. We look at Scripture, at the Bible, at God's Word, and we believe that full life can be defined for all of us. We've developed like our vision for that, what that looks like when people are, are, are finding full life. And it says this, everyone is on the path to full life by discovering their identity in Jesus, being equipped to love, and deployed for mission. When we know who Jesus says we are, when we know who we are to Him, when we are growing together in His and learning how to love others well, when we are using those gifts and those talents that we have put into, that Jesus and God have placed into our lives and doing His mission, then we will experience full life. Life where we are known by God and where we have a purpose. Now, see, in order to live out the full life God has intended for us, we have to say yes to the things that God wants for us and in turn say no to the things that will drag us down and hold us back. This series is about prioritizing the things that God values. And so today you've got to answer a question. Will I say yes to Jesus? Jesus was and is the Son of God, and he came to this earth to live amongst us, to be one of us, to understand the struggles that we face as people, right? But he ultimately came to live a life that was worthy of God's honor, to worthy of standing next to God, and yet he chose to give up that life, and that's the key word, chose, Okay? He chose to give up that life so that all of us could be forgiven of our mistakes and our sins and be brought into right relationship with God, our Father. And he did this by dying for us. Jesus died on the cross for us, all of us. Whether you fully believe in him or you're not sure what you believe, okay, I want you to know today that Jesus died for you, every single one of you. And so we've got to ask, will we surrender our wants and desires and say yes to him? Because saying yes to Jesus leads to full life. Now, the only way to experience the full life God wants for us is through surrender to Jesus Christ. And we have to understand what surrendered life looks like. Because Jesus walks us through what fully surrendering ourselves looks like. And so we're going to take a look at a a passage of Scripture today from the book of Luke. It's going to be in Luke chapter 9. If you've got a Bible or a Bible app, you can pull that up to Luke chapter 9. It's in the New Testament. And listen, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. The words are going to be on the screen here behind me in a minute. You can read along there if you want. But I want you to know that if you want a Bible, you want to be able to read God's Word, you want to have that, we've got them available for you at the Hub. You can stop there after service today, get one of those. We want you to take it as a gift, take it home with you so that you have that available to you. Now, Luke is a book of the Bible that was written by a guy named Luke, okay, pretty obvious. But it was, Luke didn't know Jesus personally. You may not know that. He didn't know Jesus personally. Luke was actually brought into faith by a guy named Paul. Who had brought him along. He was a disciple of Jesus who came after Jesus' death and resurrection. And so Paul brought Luke along. And Luke had faith in Jesus. He believed that Jesus came to save us. And so he wanted all of his friends and family and everybody to know about this. He wanted to share the good news of God. Okay? And so Luke, he went around interviewing people, collecting eyewitness testimony from people who did know Jesus, from people who were there and saw the things that they saw, multiple different people, okay? And so Luke collects all of this because he wants people to know who Jesus was. And so this book is a story of Jesus' life. It's what we call a gospel. Gospel means good news. And so in this chapter, chapter 9 of Luke, we get to see a, we get to see Jesus send his disciples out, go out and tell the world about what I'm teaching, and then he's, he, he performs... A miracle here, he performed something amazing, and a close friend of his, a guy named Peter, says, listen, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Messiah being the one who would come and save God's people. Now, what's interesting is right after Peter says this, Jesus is like, okay, that's great. Don't go and tell anyone about that. Instead, I want you to know that actually what's going to happen is I'm going to be taken, I'm going to be beaten, and I'm going to be killed. And then I'm going to raise again. This is interesting because Jesus affirms, yes, I am the Messiah. I am who you say I am. But don't go out and tell them. He instructs them not to tell them because he's got instructions. He wants them to know what it really looks like to be a follower of him. What it looks like is not just saying the words, but, but doing the actions. Look at this in verse 23 of chapter 9. He said, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. And so if you're in this scenario, if you're one of these guys that's hearing this, I imagine you're confused. Now, he starts by saying you need to deny yourselves, right? And we get that. We understand the idea of denying You there's lots of scenarios where that makes sense, right? Deny myself calories to lose weight. That's a pretty common thing, right? Deny myself indulgences financially so that I can save some money. Deny myself television so I can do my homework, right? Deny myself a nap so that I can clean the house or mow the lawn. That's a regular one in my house. I'd like to take a nap, but I'm going to have to do those things. But then, but then Jesus goes on and, and they're, they're probably, they're, they're thinking like, did he just say that if you want to save your life, you have to lose it? That's weird. That's not logical. Where is it common practice to do that? And he even says, take up your cross. Now listen, we know the cross as this symbol of our faith, right? We, we, we see the cross as this amazing symbol of grace and forgiveness, but back when Jesus said this, this is before he took the cross, right? That's not the way they saw it. They were probably shocked. They were probably like, You talk about the cross? That's this thing they use to kill murderers and traitors and terrible, the worst of the worst, right? This is a bad thing. You want us to knowingly take that up and carry that around with us? I'm not sure I can do that, Jesus. Jesus is telling them, You need to surrender your life, give it over. Give it up, not just in an easy way. Jesus is saying, do it in the hardest way possible. And you notice what he says. He didn't say, take up your cross once. He says, take up your cross daily. Do this every single day. And you may be sitting there and you might be thinking what I'm sure they might might have been thinking, which is, I'm not sure I'm going to surrender my life to anything. It's my life. I get to do what I want with it. Guys, I'm going to just break something to you. You've already surrendered your life. Every day we choose to surrender our lives to something. We let something define who we are, what we believe, what we will do. We surrender ourselves to our careers sometimes where we let those things take precedence over our family, over the time that we have. Sometimes the opposite is true. Sometimes we surrender ourselves over to our families And nothing is going to come before our schedules and our activities. We let our kids priorities and the things that they want to do. And I don't like doing that. We let that define what we're going to decide to do. We surrender ourselves to our spouses and their wants and desires. We surrender ourselves to our friends, our sports. We surrender ourselves to popularity. We surrender ourselves to people who love us or hate us, either because we want their attention, we want to be with them, or because we're fighting so hard against what they say about us that we define ourselves by that. We surrender ourselves to cultural norms and to accepted behaviors, to our sexuality, to our political stances, to our social justice issues, our agendas, the agendas of other people. And the truth is, culture applauds us for doing that. It says, good for you, way to jump in, way to, way to give yourself over to what we say, and the and the church is no, is no better. Listen to me, I, I'm just gonna be real with you. The church, what we often find is believers, sometimes they, they surrender themselves over to prescribed set of rules and traditions and, and Christian values. And they say, that is what makes me a good person. That's what makes me a believer, right? And, and they applaud. We surrender. And we believe all of these things will lead us to a full life. And yet Jesus tells us what happens when we surrender to and say yes to these identities. Look at this in verse 25. Look at what he says. He says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. He says, if you think that these things define you, you will forfeit your very self. He's saying everything will go. Your soul will be gone. And it's weird to imagine that because it it sounds strange. It sounds like we lose everything. And that's what Jesus is saying. You will. You will. And you might want to ask the question, well, why is it so bad to do what's acceptable or, or, or to be a rule follower or to, or to, to define myself what, by what culture says is acceptable? Because God says that's not who you are. God says each of us is a son or daughter, plain and simple, in the sentence, no strings attached. We are his children because he made each of us. And he wants that and only that to be what defines who we are. He loves us so much. He wants to be with us so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to die for us. And if we accept that, then we get to live in a place where we know who we are. There are no pre qualifications, there are not enough things that we can do to to win our future. Jesus locked that up for us on the cross, he's the hero. See, we were not good enough. We were not clean enough. That's called unrighteousness, okay? We weren't good enough. Jesus said, I will go and face death. Listen, God is a just God, okay? He believes, he says, someone's got to pay for the things that we've done wrong. You guys have messed up. Somebody's got to pay. And Jesus says, I'll pay. I will go to the cross. Jesus says, I will cover you with my blood, and you will appear righteous to my Father. That's the identity he wants for you. And so he was hung on a cross, and he died. And he was placed in the tomb. And hear me, saying yes to Jesus leads to full life. That's what today is about. And I'm certain some of you might be struggling with that. You see that full life offer, you see that identity, and it's hard to let go of the way we've done it, right? The way we've always done things. You've been defined by so many other things, not all of them bad things, okay? You've been defined by them, and you don't think you can let Jesus define who you are. You've got pain and depression and shame and guilt You've been looking for purpose and acceptance in every place you can, and you're still not satisfied. You're tired, you're empty, you're struggling to hold it together. You've got darkness, right? Let me hear you say this. You're not alone. You are not the first person to feel this. You won't be the last. See, the people who knew Jesus personally, who saw the miracles that he did they felt this darkness. Later on in, the, in Luke, in Luke chapter 24, we get to read a testimony of the women who were there at, at, at the tomb. And let me just read this to you because I think it's important. It says in Luke, in Luke chapter 24, it says on the very first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of Jesus. Now imagine the darkness of these women. A few days earlier, they have seen Jesus die. Not just die, let me rephrase that, die a horrible, awful death. The one that they thought would save them, the one that they saw as the Savior, has now been taken from them. A person they'd placed their identity was ripped away. And it says that when, when Jesus died in Scripture, it says when he died, darkness fell over the land. And so they're in a dark place. They've spent the Sabbath, Saturday, right? The Sabbath was Saturday for them. And they spent that day mourning. And they couldn't go to the tomb because they couldn't do any work. And, they, and now it's Sunday, and they've come to the tomb to show their dedication and commitment. They've gone back to doing things they've always done. What do you do with a body when it dies? You go and prepare it. They're going and doing the things they know. And they must have been in a dark moment. Maybe a moment like some of you are facing. Uncertainty, doubt, isolation. But the story goes on. In verse 4, it says, "...while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, "...why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen." Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. See, these angels of the Lord, they had to be angels because I don't know guys who shine like lightning, okay? That's just the truth. They're angels. And they said, why do you look for Jesus here? They're surprised at what these women are doing. Like, at one difficult moment, they've all but given up their faith. They've gone back to the identities that they had before. They've given up on, their, on what they believed. And these angels look at them and say, why are you looking for living among the dead? They reminded them what Jesus told them. That was the promise they'd been given. Folks, this is what Jesus is saying to all of us. Why are you looking for life among the dead? We've looked for life in dead things. Things we thought would bring us identity that were never intended to do so. Things that promise purpose. We've, some of us have forfeited our lives for an identity in something other than Jesus. And he is calling us to say yes to who he says we are. And he says we are his sons and his daughters. Saying yes to Jesus leads to full life. Today, he's calling you to say yes. It might be saying yes to him, be here for the whole series, right? Be here for the next four weeks, seeing the ways that we're committing to learning more about saying yes to him. Maybe it's about saying yes to Jesus for the very first time. Maybe you've never done that. You've never let Jesus be a part of your life. You've never said, I will follow you. Listen, you don't need to know everything to be able to say yes. That's not how it works. You say yes, and, and God starts to, to educate you, to bring you into, into full life. Maybe you've said yes to him, but you've never said yes to baptism. You've said, I, I'm not ready to be obedient, Lord. I don't know what that means. I'm not ready. I don't want to do that. Listen, we're celebrating baptism today, two young men who are going to make that decision. They've already said yes to Jesus. And it's not too late for you. You can come down. And say, yes, if you're ready to commit your life to Jesus, just either for the first time or through baptism, myself, some of the prayer team will be down here during the next song. Come down and pray with us. If you've got people in the row next to you, just tell them to move. Honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth. We, we, we tell you that one anothering is important, and it is. But let me say to you today, push somebody out of your way to get down here. I mean it. Don't let your fear of what they think of you or what the world thinks stand in the way of the identity that Jesus has given you. Come down and pray with us. Let us pray for you in this moment. Maybe you said yes to Jesus a long time ago and you need to renew that commitment. You've let other things define you. Today, just come down and let us pray for you. Say that you're sorry. You want to renew that commitment to follow him, to start placing your identity in him. Maybe there's areas of your life you've been holding back from Jesus. Maybe it's a sin or it could be God calling you into areas of your life that you're reluctant to walk into. Say yes. What better day to say yes? And if you need prayer for anything going on in your life, listen, come down. Say yes to that. Let people lift you up. Stop in the lobby after today and fill out one of those, I'm saying yes to this. Write it down. Hang it up. Let us be praying for you. Jesus said yes to you. Will you say yes to him? Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you that you said yes to us all those years ago on the cross, that you went into the grave, that you fought death and you defeated death. You said yes to all of us. Yes to making a way where we are known as your sons or daughters, where we have a purpose and we're called into your mission. Lord, thank you for that. Lord, whatever things may be standing in the way of someone today who needs to say yes to you, who needs to say yes to your full life that you offer, I just pray in Jesus' name that you would remove them from their lives so that they can move forward, that there is no shame or guilt or embarrassment. Lord, that they would just come before you. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for you, you, Jesus. We pray all this in your name. Amen.